0: All right, BC and Duke, it's another game. BC's going to need a win. Can they do it? We're getting closer to the end of the season, and the the possible wins are starting to dry up. This might be one of the last chances Boston College has a chance for win number three. We're going to look at the game itself with Mitch Wolf of Eagle Insider and talk about Jakovic versus Moorhead. Look at the outcome of this game and predictions and all the other goodies that we always talk about on our Friday show. Check this all out on today's Locked On Boston College.
1: You are Locked On Boston College, your daily
0: podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on bcaj black here and today's episode is brought to you by underdog sign up on UnderdogFantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars check out underdog now mitch is with us today on fridays it's a it's it's a love of uh labor here for both of us as we're um you know watching a bc team that seems to be steadily heading downwards and uh we can't give it up though mitch how's it going
1: Doing good. Uh, It'll be nice to watch this game and get it over with so you can watch the rest of the games this weekend. You know, we I know earlier in the season we talked about kind of jokingly, like, you know, how many teams are is BC better than? And I was thinking about that this past week and I was at least teams like in the power five. And I was like, man, BC is definitely in the bottom five, maybe even in the bottom three and possibly the worst power five team in college football.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty bad right now, and I know a lot of the folks out there listening are not uh too keen on where the the program is right now. As we've talked about Jeff Halfley's future uh, earlier this week, uh, you know, Duke is five and three. They're a team that seems to have everything put together. They've got a good culture there. We talked with JJ Jackson yesterday. We talked about how Mike Elko, former Texas A&M defensive coordinator, has really done a nice job of taking over for um you know as head coach of this team and giving them some direction Mitch before we get into the game itself what have what have you noticed so far about duke
1: i've noticed that their offense is it's kind of just it's like a very conservative offense but it's very efficient uh they they're kind of the inverse of bc in that you know their offensive line is really good number one so they run the ball well and then you know there's nothing too crazy about the offense like they don't really have any like players that are you know super awesome or anything but they all just fit together. Well, um, the offense doesn't ask a lot of them, but then the players, because they all work well together. The, the total is greater than some of its, the whole is greater than some of its parts, essentially for this team. Um, you know, they have a quarterback who's a young guy. Uh, he's not doing a ton, but he's just, you know, keeping the offense on schedule, which is important. That's why they've been able to win the games they have, uh, you know, every game they've lost, it's been close, uh, eight points to Kansas when Kansas was humming along, uh, then uh, three point losses to Georgia tech in overtime and then North Carolina. So all those losses are good are high quality losses. And the other games that they've won, you know, they've pretty much won pretty handily. Uh, Northwestern was kind of a scare early in the season, but since then they've been winning by multiple scores against a, you know, pretty weak ACC coastal. Uh, but You know, their defense, it's they are really good uh, against the run, which is surprising given that they are almost exclusively in nickel and dime sets. Uh, I think it's like something like 97, 98% in nickel or dime. Uh, They're really solid against the run, but they're not as great against the pass yet, um, even though they have a lot more defensive backs in the field and they are usually in too high shell. So it's an interesting team to watch. And, you know, they're only one win away from bowl game, which I think for most Duke fans and, you know, people who follow the ACC, I think that's pretty far ahead of schedule for what people thought this Duke team was going to be under Mike Elko.
0: Yeah. I mean, last year, this team was allowing 40 points per game Mm -hmm. and I believe they're down to somewhere in the twenties. And Mm -hmm. so that just kind of shows you what Elko is doing elk in for BC fans that want to get really angry. And I know a lot of you are um, Elko, I believe was a name that had been floated at least during the last, um, coaching search i know he was a, a rumored candidate when halfley was hired uh, but i also think he was also a candidate when adazio was hired uh, <laughs> so he's been a name that's been popped around a lot and um he's done you know he has history from texas a&m wake forest and uh never dame and has done a nice job there now let's look at this this um this team itself we're gonna we'll get into the quarterback in our second segment but you know, Mitch, when you're looking at Duke in this running attack, I, I, has, I don't think BC's really had much other than, you know, has much experience this year playing a mobile quarterback. And Riley Leonard had three uh, touchdowns on the ground against Miami two weeks ago. Are, are you concerned about that against uh, BC's defense? Well, I
1: mean, they did a decent job. uh you know, slowing down Malik Cunningham from a yardage standpoint, he did score three rushing touchdowns, but all of them were inside the 10. So, you know, it it was a far cry from when, like when they played uh, Cunningham the year before, where he just ran wild all over them, all over the field. Um, In terms of the other teams, you know, Rutgers has one in theory, but they didn't use it as much. Um, Clemson, you know, Uyangale had a big run towards the end of the game when the game was essentially over. So it's not as important. Um, I think they've done a better job at handling mobile quarterbacks this year. But I mean, yeah, Ren- Leonard's their leading rusher. Uh, he has eight touchdowns, you know, three of them coming last week. So that number might is a little inflated from, you know, one extreme performance. But yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of their offense is like RPO uh, option run kind of stuff. So they're going to need to stay disciplined to make sure that he isn't, um, you know, killing them on the ground. Cause, I mean, he's, he's a big guy, 6'4", 212. Uh, he can run, he can, he's doesn't really, he's not really asked to throw on the run. I mean, that's the thing about Leonard is like when the offense is working and he can just throw from the pocket, he's good. But once he gets pressured, uh, you know, when he has to throw down the field, that's when the problems start to happen. Cause like his looking at his PFF grades, like, and even just his completion percentage, when he, when you, he, when he's pressured versus when he's not pressured, it drops like 20% his completion percentage that is. And, he's rarely asked to throw the ball downfield I think only like 10% of his throws are 20 yards or more down the field, which I would need to look deeper in numbers, see like where that places among other quarterbacks, but you just don't see him throwing deep very often. So, you know, everything is, you know, very quick throws, you know, get the ball out of his hands. And even when he is asked 30, like his offensive line is quite good. So he can stay in that pocket, but if the defense can confuse him, then with pressure and then some, you know, different looks, they might be able to get some, have some success against him.
0: All right. In a moment, we're going to just flip the script and talk a little bit about BC's offense and a big question mark going into uh, Friday's game. And we'll get into that question mark in just a moment. Now, this episode is brought to you by Underdog. And Underdog is the place to go when you want to make your daily fantasy. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. For me, I am going with Duke quarterback, Riley Leonard with higher than 15 and a half rushing yards against Boston college. You make that pick, you add in maybe, I don't know, Drake may lower than 300 and a half passing yards against Virginia. You, you put those two picks together, you hit them both. You're a winner. It's so easy to play. You just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your, uh, the, not just the Eagles and decide if they will finish higher or lower than the stats that they provide. It's one of the easiest games to pick up and it, it, when you win, you win cold hard cash right on spot. So head on over to lock, uh, ho, ho, head on over to underdogfantasy.com and sign up with the promo code locked on. One word. And underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Again, deposit hundred dollars and get a hundred dollars free. That's a win right there. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store, Google Play Store. Again, that's underdog fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in the college football pick'em action today. All right, locked on BC AJ Black. For those of you that are listening along, thank you all who have made Lock your first listen every day. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure to hit our subscribe button on YouTube. It's easy and it's the easiest way to support our pod get free BC video sent directly to you. Now, Mitch, the big question mark going into this game is one that I don't think many people honestly care all that much about. Uh, because it doesn't really matter. But I think there's some folks out there that do uh, are really um revved up about this, which is the quarterback position. And as we saw last week against UConn, Phil Dracovic got injured. We don't know the full extent of what happened. Uh, Half has been pretty quiet about it as he's usually Jeff pretty quiet. Cool. Quiet yeah. an injury? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the same? Uh, yeah. So, you know, we don't know what's going on. All we you know is that Phil Dracovic on the, I think it was the Monday press conference, halfly said he hadn't practiced. And there's a possibility going into this game that Emmett Moorhead might be the quarterback heading into this game. All right. I know a lot of folks out there are really on this Emmett Moorhead kick and they think that he's going to give them a better chance to win. Do you agree
1: with them? AJ, who's the most popular player on any football team? The backup quarterback. Yep, that's right. Um, I am not super psyched about this. Um, Emmett Moorhead has come in and played a decent bit, and well, a decent bit. You know, he's played in garbage time a few games. Um, and frankly, to me, has and I know it's against backup defenses, but he still hasn't been very impressive. Uh, you know, he's still missing some throws. Even and against UConn, like that. That I know he didn't. You know, get the opportunity to run with the first team during the week of practice or whatever, but that's your opportunity to come in and, you know, show you're worth something by beating UConn. And he really wasn't able to do that. And, you know, you can kind of turn all the excuses for Djokovic on for him. Uh, but, you know, my point is that if you're expecting him to be something, you know, I want him to at least show, you know, better than what he did against UConn. And the reason why I've been in favor of keeping Djokovic in the games is because, you know, for you can make the argument that Morehead is better at running the quick passing offense. Uh, he's more consistently accurate in that area of the field. However, he is more of a statue in the pocket. You know, he I think he, I think he can run if need be. You know, I think I remember seeing that against Syracuse last year. But if the play is for him, if the play is not there, he is going to hold on to it and is going to struggle to like buy time. Whereas Dracovic, you know, if it's not there, he can at least you know evade a sack, get out of some contact, get out of the pocket. And, you know, buy time or even or scramble for yardage. And I don't think really Moorhead can do that as well. So, so I think instead of, you know, you know, we see Djerkova kind of get outside the pocket and maybe make some bad throws. I think you're going to see Moorhead take a lot more sacks against Duke and they have a pretty quality defensive line. Uh, RJ Oben is one of their better defensive. I think he's their defensive end. And then their defensive tackle, Dwayne Carter is a good player as well. Um, so those are guys you'd need to watch out for on the defensive line. Uh, I, I've, I have a bad feeling that Dracovic is not going to play in this game because it is a short week. Um, So I think we are going to see Moorhead, And I think, I think the benefit of that at least is that he will get that a full quote, quote unquote week of practice with the ones. And I think with a shorter week, they'll, you know, shrink the playbook a little bit, shrink the game plan. And, you know, so there isn't as much on the plate of the offense and, you know, maybe they can execute a smaller game plan, a little better, Um, you know, sh- essentially shrink the play sheet and that might go well. Uh, but again, Duke's def- Duke's passing defense is not that great. Uh, I wrote this in my Three Keys article to be coming out tomorrow that their two cornerbacks that play on the outside are ranked last and third to last in coverage grade, according to PFF, in the ACC with a minimum of 20% of the snaps taken. So essentially among ACC starting cornerbacks are guys that play most of the snaps, these two guys are the worst starting the worst starting cornerback pair in the ACC. So, you know, that's at least good, um but I think it'll be interesting to see how Morehead attacks this defense given that they are more of a two high shell, middle of the field open. So, it it's kind of it that's going to funnel more of the throws into the shorter intermediate area of the field, which it's, it's less risky, but you know if they're kind of rotating coverages in different ways, it can be confusing, especially for a younger quarterback who hasn't seen the field as much.
0: Yeah, and I, I go back to the UConn game because I think that was a good example of what he can and can't do. And I, I think the analyst did a nice job of explaining what he was struggling with, which was, yeah, he can get the ball out quick. He did a nice job of getting the ball out quick, um, which helped him from getting pummeled. Um, however, every pass that he had was off target. Yeah, like there was there was one play, which I think it was on one of his first drives where he
1: hit Joseph Griffin on a slant, but and Griffin had plenty of room to run, but he like threw it almost in the ground. So Griffin had to go down and get it. And essentially, like he got nine yards, but he could have gotten, you know, 15 or even more if he had hit him in stride and hit him going upfield. And again, I know that Dracovic isn't the best of this either. But, you know, I I just don't think that Moorhead is going to be this, you know, cure all for the offense.
0: It just, again, I hate going back to this, but it it feels, again, like 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, and I can't believe this is where we're at, but where you have, you have, in 2015, you had Troy Flutie and Jeff Smith, and neither guy could do much.
1: And John Fadula, don't forget John John Yep.
0: (laughs) And this year, it's it's Djokovic, who, and I, I, I agree with the fans that it's like, the offense moves like mud when he's out there. And you have Emmett Moorhead, who is, like, the other option, but he's not accurate either. So, like, it's like choose your own poison at this point. Like, the offense is broken, and neither of these guys are gonna fix it. Is basically, I think, kind of where we're at.
1: Yeah, and like the thing that you would theoretically want to do to like help out, really either quarterback, but especially the backup when he's coming in, is like, oh, okay, we'll we'll run the football, take the game out of his hands. But you know, one, BC has struggled to run the football because of the issues on the offensive line, and two. Uh, Duke has one of the best rushing defenses in the country. According to EPA, they're, I think they're the sixth, or maybe, what was it? I wrote it down in the article, but they do a really good job of stopping the run, which is surprising given the personnel they use. Um, so, you know, it's it's not going to be like, oh, BC can just, you know, run the ball and kill the clock. It, I mean, if they find some success on the ground, that's great, but that's not something that they'll be able to, I don't think they'll be able to consistently rely on against Duke because I think Duke, Duke's defensive line is going to be able to win the line of scrimmage, which that's going to screw the passing game too. So, I mean, really just the, the matchup of Duke's defense is really not good for BC's defense or BC's offense, because where BC's offense could succeed in terms of attacking those weaker cornerbacks, they're just not going to get, have the time to get the ball to those put to the wide receivers in space against those corners.
0: Yeah. So let's get into predictions. I gave my prediction with JJ yesterday and I'll give it again in a moment, but Mitch, I'll let you jump in. What, what is your prediction for this game? So
1: currently BC or BC is a nine and a half home underdog. Uh over-under is at 46 and a half. So that's giving you about a projected score of like 20 28 to like 17 and a half-ish or 18 and a half. Um yeah, 18 and a half. So, you know, I I don't it's I really want to pick BC to win because I just some breed for them to win, obviously. And again, I'm kind of hoping to manifest a victory here. Um, but like I said, I, I think Duke matches up to especially on Duke defense versus BC offense. They just match up really well there. And regardless of who plays quarterback, I think BC is just going to have a lot of trouble moving the ball and I I think I don't think Duke again. Duke's offense is not particularly explosive, but because they're just able to hold on to the ball and keep drives alive, I think you are they're going to wear down the BC defense. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Um I'm going to say 27 to I'll say 27-17. So really close i think it's going to be under but really close and i think uh i think BC has a good shot at covering maybe late in the game maybe to kick a late sad field goal to cover but yeah I, I, it's tough for me to see a legitimately realistic path to BC winning this game
0: and just from a betting perspective uh BC is 1 in 7 against the spread this year Yikes. With that one coming against Louisville obviously when they were a 13 and a half point underdog so this game has all the markings to me <clears throat> of a duke route and I I think one of the bigger, even more so than the offensive line, one of the issues that BC has had all season is that they've played really sloppy. Mm -hmm. And we saw it obviously against UConn where they let up five turnovers. And UConn, BC was lucky that UConn, I mean, everyone's calling them the team of New England. They played like absolute crap too. And only slightly less crappy than BC to earn a win. Um, so I, I wasn't all that impressed with what they did either, but it was just BC was just so so sloppy. Um, but saying that, if they do what they did against UConn and and turn the ball over and, and make constant mistakes, Duke will make them pay. Mm-hmm. They will yes. they will drag out, as you said, they'll drag out longer possessions. They are a cleaner football team with a good offensive line, and good enough defense to make BC pay. I think BC is going to probably lose this game, something like 31 13 and they're not going to come close to covering. Geez.
1: Yeah. Yep. This kind of, this kind of things makes me and maybe not as bad, but kind of like the Virginia tech game where BC is, you know, they're out of it, but it's, it's like not like a complete blowout, but you know, I would say Duke, Duke controls the game pretty much throughout. That's kind of my, how I think about this game.
0: All right, yeah. So if you have your predictions, throw them up in the comment section. Love to hear what you guys have to say. We'll put them up if uh, if you're listening along live. You can put. We'll uh, comment them on them in a moment. Now, in our final segment, time for some betting picks, and we're gonna get away from Boston College. And we've had, uh, I think it was our our friend Chris Davis said, please stop talking about BC football. Uh, We'll we'll stop talking about BC football (laughs) for a couple minutes and talk about some of the big games of the weekend. We'll get to that in just a moment. Locked on Boston College, A.J. Black here. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, and I'm joined by staff writer Mitch Wolf, And we're going to look at some of the big games this weekend. Uh, Mitch, looking at the schedule, is there any games that are sticking out to you? I mean, this is it's a shame that B.C.'s game is scheduled when it is because it overlaps
1: with, you know, as you mentioned, the premier the battle of the two premier New England football schools, which is uh, UConn versus UMass. And this game has a name that I don't think I can say on these airwaves. So I'll, I won't say it, but UConn is favored by 15 and a half against UMass, which is pretty crazy. Um, I mean, for all the crap we talked about UConn, I think UMass is even worse. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think they're pretty much in the bottom 10 of just about every category statistical category you could think of. Um, I think UConn wins this one. I think honestly, you know, like you said, like they didn't play super well against BC. Like, you know, if they kind of clean things up a little bit, even just a little bit, that'll help them pretty much destroy uh, UMass. So I think, I think UConn beats UMass. I
0: think they cover pretty easily. All right. Now the big game of the week has to be, uh it's the one college game day is at, and that's out in the sec, Tennessee and Georgia. The line I believe started at 10 and a half for Georgia and has dropped all the way to eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia's a, Georgia is a um uh factory there in those offense and defensive lines which makes them a hard bet against against any team but man Tennessee's playing well can mm-hmm. Tennessee pull off this upset I think they can I'm not sure if they will um you know it's like a lot of people
1: talk about like Tennessee and their skill position players and all that but I mean they're really good along the lines too um you know they've got a good defensive line good offensive line not really the off good offensive line allows them to do so much that they can do on offense uh the the over under at 66 for this game is pretty crazy to me because I, I mean people think about Georgia's defense and i don't think they're as good as they were last year like not historically good but they're still you know one of the top five defenses defense in college football right. um i would take tennessee to cover here absolutely uh plus plus two thirty money line underdogs. that's that's juicy. I think that that's definitely possible. Apparently, this is the most expensive, I think like regular season college football game in history. I think tickets are like five hundred dollars right now. like that's the cheapest ticket. Wow, it's insane. Um, but yeah, I would take Tennessee to cover here. Uh,
0: this is gonna be really interesting to watch all right. next game, let's, let's stay in the SEC because there's another one on the west side of the the bracket. Uh, Alabama and LSU, LSU has to be the quietest top 10 team in the country. Uh, not a lot of buzz around this team, but since they're opening, I think they're opening week loss to FSU. Can they really hold their own against Bama?
1: Um, no, <laughs> uh, but it, it is, it's weird because like you said, like they're a top 10 team, which I don't necessarily agree with, but if you think about it, like their two losses, like their first loss is to Florida state and they lost because You know, week one, you could say neutral site, but it was essentially a home game for them, Um, and they just had like a lot of special teams mistakes, a lot of like you know little things that if you played the game again, if you play that game, you know, fifty times, they probably split it, honestly. Um, So, you know, it wasn't a dumb. It wasn't like a they got you know routed by Florida State by any means. So that's a decently, and Florida State's obviously been pretty good. So that's a you know a quality loss, and they get destroyed by Tennessee, who's now the number one team in the country. So. You know, these are good. Those are quality loss. They just beat Ole Miss, uh, who was still overrated, but what have you. But, I mean, Alabama's Alabama for a reason. I know this isn't their best year, uh, but, you know, it is. Apparently, um, LSU was actually, I can't remember what it was, but in the last, like, X amount of means, like they haven't beaten Alabama at home at Baton Rouge in, like, a very long time. I think in the Saban era, Saban at Bama era, they haven't beaten Bama at LSU, which is pretty crazy. Um, I could be getting that wrong, but I just remember hearing that stat somewhere. So I, I would take Bama to win this one. 13 and a half is an interesting hook. Uh, you know, obviously this is a big rivalry game. This is a huge game in the South. Um, so I'm not sure I would I'd be comfortable betting on either of the teams on this one, but I would say that Alabama wins this one.
0: And our final game we're going to talk about is back in the ACC. And I looked at the spread on this and I said, wow, that's a, that's a pretty close spread. And it's Clemson and Notre Dame with Clemson at three and a half. I know I know Notre Dame seems to have figured some things out. Um, but do they really have a chance like, uh, against a, a good Clemson defense? I mean,
1: given, I, I know, you know, Notre Dame kind of, they had an offensive explosion against Syracuse last week. Uh, I think that was aided by some turnovers by Syracuse. But, you know, that offense has been anemic To say that I would say to say the least and Clemson's defense is, you know, Clemson's defense as we saw. So uh, I think Clemson wins this one, even though it is on the road at Notre Dame. I think Clemson wins this one pretty handily Um, cover three and a half. No problem. Probably. I would probably take the under here because, you know, Clemson's offense still isn't really hitting on all strides. um, And obviously their defense is going to shut down Notre Dame by a pretty uh, significant magnitude. So I would take Clemson uh, minus the points and probably the under for this one. All right. Well, Mitch, where can people follow you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf W. O. L. F. E. on Twitter. Uh, unfortunately, there was no rewatch articles this week because the game was on CBS Sports, so I couldn't rewatch it and post clips uh, because I had to watch it on AJ's YouTube TV. Uh, keep that our, our little secret here. Uh, but uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get back to it uh, next week. Now that the game's back on ESPN and I can actually watch it and clip it. Uh, but um. Yeah, so i actually be, I'll be able to actually watch this game live, uh, and you know I'll be able to suffer along with all of you fans as I wasn't able to do last weekend.
0: And this is AJ Black, and uh, yeah, it's a seven o'clock start, which I'm excited that we will have Saturday to ourselves and not have to worry about watching BC football. Um, it would be nice to see an ups, upset. I just don't see it happening. But you know, weirder things have happened. I mean, look at the Louisville wins. So who, who knows? We'll be uh, following along on Eagle Insider, and I'll have uh, our post game recap up with Mitch on Monday. So you're gonna want to make sure you check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you again soon. Take care, everyone.